0: My name is Era, and I'm the host of the Tamil Creator podcast. I chat with creators from all over the world to share their stories and discuss hot topics in a way that I hope inspires, educates and entertains you. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Talmo Creator. I'm your host, Era, and today I have a very uh, exciting guest. He is ch- joining me all the way from Silicon Valley. Uh, he's been there for quite a while and quite successful. His name is Ruben Kanapati Pille, and he's a serial entrepreneur. He's a founder of multiple successful startups with exits in quite the high range, and I'll let him kind of talk about that. He's an angel investor and now he's kind of in that phase of life where he's taking all the success and knowledge that he's kind of built up over these last few years. And he's giving back by doing mentoring, and he's also um, doing an ongoing series, which I follow on LinkedIn, called The Accidental Entrepreneur. uh, For quite a, you know, very successful guy, very low-key and unassuming, if you didn't know his story. Uh, So I'm excited to kind of share his story. So uh, Rubenana, why don't you, you know, introduce yourself for the people in your own words and tell us about, you know, your family, your upbringing, and, you know, maybe even how you got to the Bay Area and kind of go from there.
1: Yeah, uh, thanks, Ara. Thanks for this opportunity, and welcome everybody uh, who's going to be listening to this series. Uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I like this opportunity to talk to many of you and you know tell my story because I think, as uh, Ara told uh, said earlier, it is not. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm a you know flashy guy. I'm trying to be uh, you know know all. But I was able to, you know, get to this level of success by doing something, you know, some simple things, some basic things, and some of the upbringings uh, from Sri Lanka. So to go back, um, you know, I am from a small town in Jaffna called Pololi, uh, and, uh, you know, I was born in 1970s, and, uh, you know, um, I am... Uh, you know, seventh child of, you know, seven uh, kids family, you know, my, you know, I'm the last one uh, in, the, in that family. And uh, so we lived in Plouli for a long time. And when people ask me about Sri Lanka and Sri Lankan ethnic war, I tell people, I am an embodiment of that Sri Lankan war, because if you look at it, I was born in 1970, and 1972 to 75, uh, the, the, you know, the trouble started coming, I remember going to some of the political, uh, you know, tra- uh, you know and the rallies when I was seven, eight years old, that was, you know, before the armed um, insurrection, uh, and then, you know, we went through 1983, and after that, uh, so we'll talk about some of the hardships I went through. So I was there from, you know, 1970 to 1989. So I went through that life where, uh, you know, as a family, uh, you know, we were, we were a business people. But, you know, in during that time, when I was 12, I lost my father to heart attack, a, you know, a medical issue. And, uh, you know, we lost... And because of my family, my brothers, my sisters, I was able to continue my studies while still working in my uh, father's shop, which was taken over by my brother afterwards. So that is some of the entrepreneurship uh, stories, you know, we'll start early in that life. So I will talk about that later. And so that is my family background during that time I met my wife actually the family means that, you know there are two components so one of them is where I came from at the originally then my wife I met her very early in my stage she's my classmate uh, from my elementary school and so I know her for quite a long time now and uh, then we went to high school together that is where we you know I asked her and we you know, I agree to, uh, you know, uh, be e- each other's soulmate. And that's one of the writing I, I did about that. And then she went to medical school and I came to US and, uh, and then we, you know, she came here after graduation. So all of, you know, my family, my, me and my wife. And uh, so th- then the last part of it is, so I am, you know, three kids, uh, two daughters and one son. My older one is uh, at a, in a university, university of California, Berkeley. She's doing computer science. Interesting thing which I'm proud of her is she's doing a double major or triple major in linguistic and Tamil. Uh, that is one of the areas she's int- interested in doing with computer science, where she's looking at this natural language processing. How that is, uh, you know, this as, you know language like our classic uh, classical language Tamil, how that can be. Uh, brought into uh, you know computer world with all these new language learning processing and all that so that is what she's studying so so that is my whole family story (laughs) it's amazing yeah no I
0: I love talking to people like yourself that have kind of you know you have a lot of life experience not just business wise but otherwise which you kind of obviously can kind of share with the audience so you mentioned that your wife uh, ended up moving to the U.S. I think you said for medical Uh, Like, uh, I think she was pursuing to be a doctor
1: no she completed her medical degree in Jaffna that's in Jaffna. another interesting part of our journey okay. so between 1990 i left and 1999 she was in Jaffna in the war zone okay. and she was going to the medical school there I and see. even though we got married in 96 uh, she w- wanted to go back and complete her medical school so she went to Jaffna during the war time she spent and you know her she had enough experience of working in the field helping you know refugees and and uh, refugee camps and the schools and all that so yeah but she moved here after completing her degree there got it and
0: i know and i know you originally when you settled in the u.s you didn't start off in you know the bay area so what made you because obviously the the bay area now is like you know everyone kind of knows the secret is out you know when you know, all these entrepreneurs like yourself, you know, Steve Jobs, everyone started like kind of doing their thing in the Bay Area. It's very different than, you know, when you went there, when it, now, you know, where everyone, it's a kind of a very hot area. So what, prompt number one, what prompted you to move to that area? And then number two, can you describe how it's changed in the time from when you first moved there to now?
1: <laughs> yeah, very, very interesting. So it is, you know, I, I came to Bay Area after my undergrad to go to grad grad school at Stanford University. So I came here in 93, I think 93, 94. uh, I completed my degree there. Right after my degree, actually I chose to leave Silicon Valley uh, and go to Southern California to work in uh, a, a different company. The one of the reason was even then, it was very, very fast paced and very aggressive. Very cutthroat uh, industry in Silicon Valley. So to me, that was you know I wanted to contribute, but I didn't want to feel like so much you know in the rat race or some of these part of it. Uh, so I left uh, for five years. I went to Southern California, uh, where I worked at my first job at Rockwell Semiconductor, uh, where I worked with a lot of these aerospace and you know aeronautical engineers who were working on electronics part of it, and there. And during that period, we'll talk about how I started this company, but we got funding for our idea for the first startup, VXTel, we will talk about later also. And that, you know, at that point, the VCs were from Silicon Valley, and their only condition was all of us, or the, there were five founders, all of us agreed to move back to Bay Area, uh, being close to them. The reason for that was uh, I we were I was in twenties and most of us were you know young in you know late twenties or early thirties so they needed somebody they wanted to be close by to babysitters you know, <laughs> uh, and they didn't want to you know leave us in uh, in far away where they had to take a flight so they forced kind of forced us to move back to this one mm. uh, so it's been now about twenty some years. Uh, the, the Once I came back, and then only I realized, because I, even though when I was at Stanford, I didn't realize about all these startups and all that I heard about it, uh, you know, Sun, Silicon Graphics, Intel, and all of them. But when I came back, when I get into this ecosystem of venture capitalists, angel investors, uh, advisors, and all that, that's the only thing I realized, it is, it is nothing comparison to anywhere else. You know, you have everything in one place.
0: Uh, interesting. So you were saying even back then when you first moved there 20 plus years ago, it was still fast pace. Uh, but you haven't seen it get like even more fast paced or like, you know, after all the IPOs, like you know, when Facebook, did their IPO, you know, the price of real estate, I heard, like, you know, jumped up in certain areas. Like what? I guess what have you like? These are things I'm reading, but I don't live there. But what kind of things have you seen like, from a day to day perspective uh, in terms of how the area has changed?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the when I came here originally in 90s, uh, the area more than half the area was, uh, you know, you know, uh, the plantation. Like uh, there were a lot of farms, a lot of gardens, a lot of uh, you know, vineyards, and all the different different uh, plantation. Other area was very tightly, and those companies were small. I mean, as you said, there are Apple started here. Intel started here. There are a few other companies uh, became big one and all that. But so at that time, uh, there was less number. Okay, the less number is you had to be relative. So I remember still having a picture, the Silicon Valley of all the companies around. There were about 3000 companies. That was a small scale in that time. And if you look at now, I'm sure it is 30,000 30, to 100,000 uh, companies uh, oh, you know, wow. uh, f- from scale point of view. The second one is the Silicon Valley. Originally, uh, I, my understanding was, you know, it's south of Stanford and Berkeley. So it is in the South Bay area. Uh, but now if you look at the current one, most of the fancy Ubers and you know, Salesforce and everything is in the city was in that case at the beginning uh, all of them so a lot of these uh, transition has happened in the sense still there are enough companies on the south bay area in the silicon valley but in the close to stand as uh, so close to san francisco city it's a lot more active now and with all these i mean real estate prices rock you know gone through the roof <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but still you know, that is what keeps, you know, one of the things I, I, people ask me about this again, why people work hard here? You had to work hard and, you know, you get lucky, you know, you know, one in 10 or one in eight at times, but when you make lucky and you can buy effort, a house, uh, you know, all of those here. So that is the one people, you know, people are driven here.
0: You know, with obviously COVID, there was a a big shift, or at least you know people talked about it, where people were leaving major hubs like San Francisco, New York, you know these big traditional like coastal cities, and moving to like you know Texas or like Florida or like you know the Midwest. Um, and I don't know if that's like you know people having short-term thinking, like okay, because of Zoom and technology and cheaper real estate prices, there's no reason to live in San Francisco or New York, et cetera. Um, What do you think? Do you think that there's no longer a reason to if you want to do a startup or just be in the middle of the action and be in San Francisco or um, the Bay Area? Do you think it's no longer necessary or does it have the same kind of, um, I guess, impact or pull that it had before? Like, you know, how you mentioned when you were there, like you didn't realize having access to, you know, uh, investors and other founders and people, all everybody in one place. Do you think with technology and the world changing, do you think that's no longer needed or?
1: No, I mean, uh, I, you know, people keep talking about, you know, demise of uh, you know, San Francisco or the Silicon Valley and everybody else is getting. And I think the good thing about it with the connected world, you have access to the you know infinite resources around the world from India, China, and because even my both of my startup even then I the first on VXL we had a, a you know a operation in Colorado as well as in India in Bangalore. So we we always had that. So I what we see because I as you say, I know I do a lot of angel investment. I go through this one. Uh, still majority of the companies are start out in bay area they have the the core team or the management team here where they can drive within half an hour 45 minutes and meet different people get advisors and all that but yes you are right on the other hand the engineers who are you know uh, or the operational people and they are being you know uh, outsourced or out you know going into different location like uh, austin uh, you know, in uh, East Coast, some of the area, Ohio, North Carolina, uh, that part of it. Then even Canada, as well as uh, uh, you know, Taiwan, India, and all that. So it is happening in some level, but I don't see the the nuclear of the team uh, leaving Silicon Valley yet. Mm-hmm. You know, they are still around, and that is where uh, that 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 energy level i mean that, that is the one thing a lot of people miss that yes you can put the infrastructure you can put uh, you know people there and make it cheap, make it cheap and all that At the end of the day where what it is that energy level which i observe 20 years ago has not gone down and it is even even more aggressive
0: yeah and i think with especially since people have been cooped up and isolated for more than a year going back to that kind of energy is probably going to be exciting again, right? It's hard to replicate certain, like, when I go to New York City, for example, because I'm more East Coast than Toronto, yeah. there's a certain level of energy. You can't describe it. You can't quantify it. But when I go to New York City, I get excited. When I went to San Francisco a few times, I was like really excited to kind of go there. So you're right. There's something there that you can't measure. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, being in there, like, you know, I am now into sales. I meet with a lot of these companies. Who are into the cloud and uh, you know in the edge and AI machine learning, and you could see that. I mean, again, the talent is everywhere, but taking that talent and making into a product and going to a customer and going into a successful company, that is the different story. Which I mean, that is what you know. The, my accidental entrepreneur. I tried to bring up those points. A lot of people make mistake on oh yeah yeah you know we have resources we have people we have do things no you had to connect all those dots as a story and put everything together so that is where i think the silicon valley has been you know so successful mm. and
0: what's like the tamil community there like i've connected with some other folks from there but like um you know i'm used to like the toronto tamil community which is like there's a lot of us and there's like a you know um Just like there's a grocery store every block there's a tamil grocery store every block in scarborough where like i grew up so what is it like in you know in the bay area in terms of the size of the tamil community how connected you guys are what's that like
1: Okay, so again, we are talking about Tamil versus Sri Lankan Tamil. So there are two aspects of it. So Silicon Valley, if you look at it, uh, you know, many of the executives, many people from India, uh, from, you know, IIT Metras to many others. My co-founder in both companies was from, is a PhD from, uh, you know, he came undergrad after IIT Metras. And so, so there is like tens of thousands of Tamil people in Silicon Valley. Okay, so that is the bigger picture, and these guys are doing extremely well. And if you look at every corporation, every company I go to, from Oracle to Google to, uh, you know, Facebook to anything, you could see those you know Tamil uh, people making uh, impact there. So I'm very proud of it. I always try to find them, I connect with them, and all that. Then if you roll back a little bit to Sri Lankan Tamil wise, you know, again there is about. Uh, Three, four hundred families are here. Maybe higher now because it was. For example, we have a, a organization called Tamils of Northern California. I was a president uh, like three years ago, uh, for two years. I was the president uh, of that, you know, Tamils of Northern California. So that is a very active group. Bring in, uh, bring the you know uh, uh, newcomers to the community. Connect them. Have the uh, you know cultural activities as well as you know various connections among themselves. So from a Sri Lankan Tamil point of view, there are as I said four five hundred families, and they are well. Uh, I could say, you know, that in Toronto you have all different level of economical level, uh, you know, um, education level and part. Here all of them are well accomplished, uh, you know, uh, you know in um, engineering and business and all these area. And you can see them, every company uh, I go, I, I see enough of our our people there. It could be Tamil as overall, as well as Sri Lankan Tamil also there.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I was going to make that comment because in Toronto, uh, there are obviously a lot of successful Tamils in all like facets, but I imagine in the Bay Area, especially when you have Stanford, Berkeley, mm-hmm. um, high-end, you know, obviously colleges, universities that are there, and then you have I've read about so many different founders like yourself or people that are like, you know, the CEO of like obviously um Sundar, you know, of like Microsoft or like Google. Like, yeah. It's like it's actually I think there was like a, a joker meme that I saw. It's like, you know, not it wasn't a joke, but it was more so like a stat. Like if you look at the CEO names 20 years ago in Silicon Valley, they were all like all Caucasian names. But now yeah. if you look at it, it's like you can't run into any successful or large company. Without somebody being like at least Indian or Tamil or South Asian, so uh, yeah, you're right. It's proportionally wise. There's probably a lot of very wealthy, successful Tamil people in in the Bay Area. So,
1: and this is where I want to because if you look at my writings, one of the reason for doing that is, is specifically that for me, even though I came from all that, I've been successful. You know, more than billion dollar exits and all that uh, area. Still, I am still too soft or too, you know, uh, know, this this management, the soft skills part of it. I I wasn't trained and, you know, all of our culturally or something from the Tamil, Sri Lankan Tamil part of it, we are, you know, try to be very nice people and try to, you know, try to be not offensive, try to be not controversial. So some of these things are the one draw me to write about this because, Yes, you had to be nice, you had to be knowledgeable, you had to do that. I think that we do very well. How do we get to the other, you know, uh, position of like, you know, I always talk you with know, my kids about the Hamilton line. You had to be in the room where the decisions are made. It's easier to be outside, you know, and you know, th- those are the part of it. I, I try to be helpful uh, because most of us, even though, as, as, as you said, 400 500 families or even more most of them working in uh, industries most of them are in the key positions but other than some of the few tamil indian tamil uh, very successful uh, people all of us get stuck in that director level vp level or you know uh, architect level and going to the next level has to be you know you know you had to prepare yourself
0: this episode is sponsored by nobody that's right nobody so if you could be kind enough to hit that subscribe button, that would mean a lot to me. Yeah, I don't know if you um, I, you probably heard of the Doximity and Doximity going their their IPO not too long ago. Have you heard of Doximity?
1: No, no actually, sorry, I did Oh,
0: Doximity—they're like, um, it's like the LinkedIn for doctors. Um, basically, okay. it's like they IPO'd like maybe uh, maybe three, four weeks ago. Um, he's actually Sri Lankan Tamil, but a friend of mine from like university, he moved from Toronto to Doximity like 10 years ago, and he's a CTO now at Doximity and they just did an IPO for like a billion dollars. Oh yeah,
1: that name, yes,
0: yes. Jay Balachandran, yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, like you said, there's nothing that beats Silicon Valley. There's a reason why my friend left Toronto to go there, (laughs) so, um, and you, you know, you kind of touched on this earlier, you have multiple exits, you you know, north of a billion dollars in total exit. And, you know, it started with uh, Vxtel Inc. You know, tell us about how that idea started. You talked about, I think you said, uh, uh, the company you worked at before funded, you know, initially that company, and then, you know, you got acquired by Intel. So walk us through everything. Tell us how you started the company, how you got funded to, how did the acquisition by Intel happen?
1: Yeah, so it's very interesting. So what happened was, uh, it was 1990s. Uh, so there's a company, a startup company called Broadcom. I don't know if you heard about them. <laughs> I have heard. I have heard of them. Yes. yes. <laughs> Broadcom. They are multi yeah. So they were neighbor to my company Rockwell I was working at, and uh, and they were like, you know, maybe fifty people or you know less than hundred people company at that time. These were two professors or PhDs from UCLA uh you know to Henry's who started the company. So they there was a guy who was uh, an Indian guy who went to work for them and he called me and said, hey you know they are looking for a person like you So I said, okay, I'll come and interview and the interview went extremely well. I met both founders, they liked me and all that they gave me an offer. So I, I came back so it was like a 15,000 shares or something like that. So when I come back to my company, and my manager says, I'll give you fifteen thousand dollar raise. I said, Oh wow, fifteen thousand dollars! That was like I, w- it was in 90s, I was making you know mid uh, uh, hundreds. So I was like, oh, That was a big number for me, and I wanted a stability. I took it within a year, they went public. <laughs> <laughs> the the 15,000 shares would have made about three to five million dollar range, wow. uh, money. And there are a few people who worked in my team, uh, went there and they became an overnight millionaires.
0: Um. And
1: so I was thinking about it, what the hell? That's what it hit me. Oh, there's a thing called startup going public and all that, I didn't realize that we pray to that. So one of my uh, co-founders who was the main idea guy in the you know VXL, uh, so he was a PhD from Urbana Champaign. And he came and said, hey, I have some idea. I'm looking for a guy who can uh, join me as a co-founder and build the product, you know, building the product. That was my talent. I done that one very well at Rockwell. So when I did that, so he said, okay, we can do that. All right. I We, you know, we worked on it for about three months in his, uh, you know, they call it garage or his uh, uh, apartment. And so we went through all these different, different ideas and we came, that's the time internet was, you know, internet Fiber was becoming, uh, uh, you know, every government was uh, establishing these links and all that, it was 1998. And uh, so that's a time all the telephone uh, conversation, communication were done through the copper lines and it was transferred through that. So once you get these, uh, you know, internet uh, protocol through these fiber done, so all the voice calls can go there. So one of the the key uh, understanding was, the voice was like a lot of people were talking to India, Sri Lanka, South America, and all that, and spending this money on that. So that is where the voiceover IP idea came in. So if we can go and find a way to convert uh, this conversation which is going on a copper line and put it in the internet protocol and send it out, and the other side you can do that. And there was again, this uh, standards were being established that time. So we found that, so our competition was Texas Instrument. They were doing in one chip, they were able to take four calls and compress it and convert it to IP and send it over the line, another one. So we were looking at that, how the architecture is, and me, our co-founders, and all of us came up with, so we have five or five founders, we came up with some idea where we can do that, about 200 call on one chip. So it's about... Wow. 50 times faster than anybody can do that. So we came up with that idea. And uh, so then you know we were thinking how, what, what to do with that. So over a winter holiday or Christmas holiday, I sat and modeled the whole uh, product and my software guy did the software side of it. And we put together and we were able to find some, uh, you know, intriguing technology or intellectual property uh, again, I own about 35 patents in that area uh, with with that. So I, I, we were able to come up with some ideas that time, and then uh, with that we went to a, you know a few VCs. And again, I wasn't the key guy on the VC side because that's, I was new. I, mean, I didn't know what this mean. So these two guys, one marketing guy, one uh, you know a CTO, they've got out and went and meet few people. And then we hit one VC, uh, you know, in Silicon Valley. He saw this value. He was looking at this area, and then we flew in in January of 1999, and had a you know one day like a PhD thesis interview. Like, what you guys are doing? Is it real? I mean, I, you know how do you do that? And on uh, on that day, end of the day, the guy said, "Okay, I'm going to put one and a half million dollars uh, for you guys to develop this idea." uh are you guys you know it's a seat round funding that time i mean you know and um and we went back and um, i I quit my job and (laughs) joe You know we started that uh it was interesting part on that was i was going to get married about three months after that my wife just completed her medical degree i had to go to sri lanka and get married so uh so you know i go back to her and tell her that hey by the way i just (laughs) i just quit my job I'm doing something, you know, on my own and all that, and I'm, you know, her relatives were like, "What's he? Is he crazy?" Because I was doing very well in my, you know, corporate life. My companies was taking care of me and all that, and I just quit my job and I'm bringing her to U.S. and uh, you know, started this one. That that was an interesting journey. (laughs) uh, That's amazing.
0: A 1.5 million dollar seed run is pretty big for back then, because. You know that that was pretty massive, right?
1: I know. See, this is one of the things I think you had a question. uh, You talked about you know uh, raising money versus going you know uh, bootstrapping, yeah, bootstrapping and all that part. I know because for both of my companies, which I was part of the founding team, we raised money. We raised because we had we believe we have a market, we have the technology, we have validation, and we can go after. And I see lately a lot of these, you know, companies going bootstrapping or trying to raise, you know, 100K, 550K, 200K. Uh, We went all all, all in. I mean, as I said, we quit our jobs, you know, we didn't have any, I mean, I was in uh, late 20s. I didn't have much saving. So in US without much saving, I had to, you know, put up with this. So uh, it is, you know, so that is sometime I advise my people also. You have to be convinced that this idea is going to take you to next level. Okay. If not, the experience you are going to get out of that, it will, it will boost you in a, in, you know, in a corporate life, even to a better level. Yeah. So that, that is my, idea. I never thought about failure. I never thought about, you know, I mean, I, you know, uh, you know, worried about all this. I, I Yeah. And
0: you mentioned you had, had paths. I remember when I Googled you first, when I met you, and I was like, I was like looking through it, like there's all these patent like searches in Google. I was like, wow, this guy owns a lot of Google patents. So, I mean, a <laughs> lot of patents. So, how does that work? Because you obviously, the technology you created was very like innovative and very new. And um, is the patent like under your name or is it under the company's name and when you sell the company do the patents go along with it or do you get to keep it personally like how does that work
1: okay so the there are two aspects let me look at the you know people i want people to understand when you're building a company or building an idea i really look for intellectual property so the patent process which i understood very clearly so you need to have a a creative method of you know doing something so that is the part which a lot of people miss so i uh, i didn't know either before i started the company then i started working with some patent lawyers then i realized oh my gosh so many different areas you can do the pattern uh, create the pattern for it okay the second part of it what you're asking is uh, yes when a company acquires uh, okay even when you are working for a startup and even if you're founding comp- uh, part the name of the patents are on you and, and who are the uh, people who are starting the company, you know, or the, who, who are the uh, people who are creating the pattern. Okay, it's, it, it is uh, forever. The, what, what it means is, the, uh, it, but it will be owned by the company. So the company who, like, for example, VXTel owned my pattern, not me. So they paid for it. It was while I was working on that when Intel acquired us, all the patent get transferred to them. Got it. Okay? So the, these are patent, but it's still you, I can, I have the, you know, the, the name on the patent, the inventors will be whoever the people who worked on it.
0: But you can't monetize. <clears throat> so like once you got acquired, there's no further monetization of that patent because you've said, okay, I've created it with the startup, you acquired the startup. So I still have the name, like I invented or I, I was the creator of this patent but I can no longer make money from the patent.
1: No, you can't, you yeah. can't. I mean, you can I mean, you, you can. as the experience, you can show them and you can put it in your resume and all that, but the patent is owned by the company, uh, you know, whoever uh, you are working for. So that is one of the thing when you go and work for any company, even the startup to big one, they ask you to, you know, sign uh, the non disclosure agreement is one of them. The other one is intellectual property uh, you know, document. So that is their own.
0: So <clears throat> you guys created this company, you got, you raised 1.5 million. You're all in, you just got married. Um, so now how did you, like, what was the use case for this technology? Like who did you go and sell this technology to? Like who are your yeah. customers? And then, you know how did Intel come to know of you guys and then want to acquire you? Tell us about that. After yeah, so
1: this is another area which I advise people also on. You know how you know this is the enterprise product. This is not a you know you know consumer product going directly selling to it. So you had to find who are your customers are, who are your channels are. Who we are going to sell it through because the end of the day it is going to go to telcos yeah And the telcos are the one doing this uh you know they buy these boxes from ericsson's and uh different different companies but the chips goes into that with mm-hmm. the firmware it come from like broadcom intel qualcomm and various companies yeah so you know so basically we when we uh, got the first round of funding so we got the first you know, one and a half million dollars and seed round. And then we, next six months, we aggressively worked on it. We were ramping up the team uh, to like 10, 15 people. And we got all of these ideas in. And while, you know, a couple of the guys, again, I was, I was putting my head down and we had to show the milestones. Yeah, and we we are making good progress, showing the performance, showing the progress. So I was the guy who was running the engineering side. So then the other two founders who were marketing guys who went and did two things. One of them is you started talking to the bigger VCs. And one of them uh, was Sequoia. You heard about it, (laughs) Sequoia. So they uh, heard about our technology and they found uh, you know, there are always, there is some networking, some connection through somebody get introduced to us. So we went to them uh, to talk to them. And the, while we were doing that, we got to do some customer validation. So that is where Intel, Cisco, there's a company called VITES Semiconductor. And there are another two companies. I think most of them are now bank, you know, gone away. So about four or five companies. So we talked to their business development people. So one of the area which I always tell is, you know, if you go and talk to some engineering in these companies, they wouldn't want to hear from you because you are trying to take their job away. Yeah? So you go to these uh, business development people or the BP level people who find there is a big gap in this area in their portfolio. And, and, and you go and talk to them and say, hey, we have a, uh, you know we an a, a interest in technology. You are not uh, addressing that market. By us, uh, you know, partnering with us, and you know, take the low risk, uh, you uh, you would be able to you know get to this market early as an early adapter of you know uh, to that. So we had this you know th- four or five of these companies, and uh, luckily, I mean, again, I, some of these are you know uh, lucky, or some of them are, uh, it happened uh, you know naturally uh, with all this conversation. Uh, they believed in us you know they believed and said these guys know what they are doing they're talking about uh, and what is the technology and there is a market segment to it so as part of the next round of funding we raised about 15 million dollars in that time we got about half of it from the the corporate uh, people uh, because as a partners and they can put it and other half came from you know Sequoia and a couple of these VCs, so that way you build that you know already you're building a sales channel, uh, yes, or that's you know true. early validation, and, and and that part of it. So that because of the, those two, uh, and overall we raised about 75 million dollars uh, in that uh, start, that company, uh, and then we exceeded 600 million. So it was a pretty you know uh, good amount. Uh, but you know, you go through that process of you know finding the right customer partner, and at the same time you find the VC because I always tell the VCs are important uh, for you to you know they, they are very greedy and they are <laughs> very uh, you know upfront about the facts. I mean they will tell you to your face you know, versus the corporate guys are they will meet with you every few months and they'll give you some feedback but you know they don't if this is a small you know drop in the bucket for them so the intel was one of the investors in that uh, round and that's how we got them you know hooked into our product I see. and uh, the interesting thing was intel a similar time acquired another company called uh, i think diablo or something another company which one was uh, building these uh, boxes to go into telco for voice over ip they needed a cheap partner, oh, and you know, oh, it's 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 a perfect fit. So they found that, and uh, they you know they came and looked at our product, and it, again, the, our exit was two year within two years. Okay? Wow! So from first one, and we as I said, we raised within that year and a half, we raised seventy five million dollars, and we built the team from you know five founders to about hundred fifty to two hundred people in that time and then build a full product which was able was being qualified in multiple customers at that point so after that
0: i assume that your wife's relatives in sri lanka no longer question your decision to quit the job
1: <laughs> they always said oh, you know uh, you know ruben is related to me now so <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing you know, i mean, actually actually more than that actually it was interesting more canadian uh, relatives and australian relatives who are Tamils who were there uh, they tend to make uh, jokes uh, that, oh, Ruben won a uh, lottery in America, you know? <laughs> and, uh, you
0: know. <laughs> That's amazing. So you, you got this exit and you said you did it because I you started a second company after this and then you also exited. So let me ask you this, like you've exited, you did it very well at the exit. Why didn't start another company? Why not just, you know, relax okay. for a bit or, you know, do something else? Did you know that every time you left a 5 out of 5 review for this podcast, a Tamil parent lets their child pursue a career in the creative arts? Okay, that's probably not true. But if there's a chance that it is, do you really want to jinx it? Leave a review. Do it for the young creative in you.
1: So I'm going to tell you, you asked another question, I think in the earlier thing you sent me about what it makes you tick, uh, what it makes part of it. For me it's a fear of losing okay I mean I I'm i'm very I don't want to say insecure but in in kind of insecure guy because I need to prove myself continuously being a last child of 17 <laughs> I'm never good enough because you know my elder brother says you can do more mm-hmm. you can work harder and all that and I and and I always you know and I didn't have a country to go back to you know in America I mean I'm here and I'm working and I had to work harder, harder, harder. So all these, uh, you know, so the fear of lose, you know, fear of failing, you know, of, you know, and and sometimes the, the the toxic, you know, in a, in a, uh, toxic of success, you know. Sometimes you know you, you you look at it, and so it, you know. After five years, I was at Intel because I had to stay at Intel to complete the transaction you know there. you know there are some uh, restriction on uh, when i can leave so then i left and i actually i kind of retired when i was 35 i took a year off uh my wife wanted to do her medicine uh you know residency so we moved to new jersey i was uh, stay at home dad with my uh, first daughter and my wife went back to you know work and i was uh, we were thinking about it and she didn't enjoy working and uh, you know she had enough of this memory from Jeffna about all the wars on so you know she yes, decided to come as he said I'm not going to I'm not enjoying it and we are financially well off why do you have to do this so she you know we, we chose to come back so that's the time again uh, another VC so, Uh, the guy one of the guy who invested in first man he got like he invested about 10 million he got about 150 million out of our investment it's like a 10x he made his fund out of my first company (laughs) and uh, so that guy uh, said hey you know the same guys are having another idea the second company I was in the founder founder I mean I was the founding team members so there were two PhDs one guy from Google and one guy from uh, my my the CTO from my previous company. So they were putting some ideas together and they said they need an operational guy to be able to go and build this product and get it to the market. So they called me as the third guy to come in. And, uh, and you know, because for me, that was, I don't know, for something, once I see, uh, you know, a market and an idea, I could easily imagine, you know, visual- visualize, how the product are being built, how to build a team, how to qualify it, how to get to the market, how to convince a customer. Those are the you know stories uh, which uh, you know. I mean, actually, tomorrow I'm putting a, uh, my you know the video log about storytelling. So this is one of the area which I am so uh, it is you know, first nature to me. You know, I can do that. And so that's why I joined the second company. It took a long time. The second one was because the 2006, we started 2008. We went through the downturn on the uh, the yes. financial uh, meltdown and we were near bankrupt in 2009. And we had a, like a few million dollars in the bank on that. Again, we raised good money again, second time. Uh, so I walked into our board and said, okay, guys, I can do this product within that money without raising. So we went and re- you know uh read the whole engineering architecture and we re- rebuild the product and that went into you know uh, we were able to exceed for about 720 million dollars yeah
0: wow and what what was that product like what did that product do
1: actually okay that is the interesting area again all of these uh, the voice IP was basically you know uh voice uh, call this one was a data center so if you think about 2006 all google facebook and everybody is coming up building these big data centers they were spending so much money on a- energy and uh, you know uh, energy consumption and power and all that so i'm actually my my Stanford uh, master's degree is mainly on low power technologies, so I applied that one with our software and hardware guys. So basically, it's a solid—it's a hard drive in uh, using like you know nowadays it's famous uh, SSDs called solid state drives. So th- we were building a solid state drive which can process this one and uh, and 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 go and. Uh, transact in, you know, billions of uh, operations uh, at that. For example, one of our main customer was LinkedIn. So who mm. were you guys listening to all that? So they became our customer over 2011, 2012. So all of your transaction came out of my uh, product. Wow. The same. so you have the storage in the back end but when you are going and looking at your, you know, LinkedIn, uh, you know, bio, and looking at all this data, all this information, and it has to be customized for each one of the users depending on who you, you are talking to and all that. So that caching layer, we call it, uh, it was built on our SSD because it was like a thousand times faster than going on a hard drive. So that is where we went and you know, you know, we we, we built that solid state drive which goes into the PCIE slot of the servers. And and
0: what was the company called and then who acquired it?
1: Uh, it was Viriden, uh, uh, Viriden, V-I-R-I-D-E-N-T. Again, the name is Viridas, is uh, green, I heard, in uh, Latin or some other language. So, Viriden is a t- green technology. And uh, it was uh, acquired by Western Digital Corporation uh, for some, because they, are, they were working on a hard drive, and they wanted to go into the solid state drive uh, area. So, they bought us to you know get into that market.
0: Wow. So you had two exits, almost billion dollars each. And, you know, what did you do after? So now, you know, hopefully you felt like you proved yourself. <laughs> uh, not you
1: not yet, actually. I mean, it is uh, uh, for me, because see, these are all happy part of it. As, as I went through the second startup, uh, there were a lot of happy moments from a personal accomplishment point of view i had again another 15 uh, or 16 patents i had done the engineering and all that we were successfully qualified engineers but there are you know there are a lot of um, and the politics in you know even startups you know when you stayed for seven years i had to go through uh, and there were new ceos came and uh, you know uh, and uh, the, the restructuring of the company and uh, all of those and because of that, you know, it was a little bit difficult for me uh, from a, a, you know, personally, from a mental stability. Sometimes, you know, you get uh, stress about unnecessary thing, not about the company, not about the product, but about the people you are working with sometime or you mm-hmm. uh, a habit. And I always openly talk about that because, you know, it is not always as easy as going and making money and doing that. There are behind, uh, behind your back people make deals which you don't, you're not aware of it until you get exposed to it. So it was not, in my opinion, I was a successful, I made good money, but there were, I could have made a lot more money because of there are things happen uh, in, in that environment. Uh, so uh, after that, I went through, a, you know, so I got acquired Western Digital, I still work for Western Digital, uh, you know, they took care of me very well. I was in engineering, I moved to sales actually, I help with them selling this product to many. Oh, of sorry,
0: you're still there. You haven't like after your vesting no, tribute. No, huh?
1: I'm, no, I'm not. Because for me, they, they I I two ways I look at it, they, they paid a lot of money. So I want to make sure they, you know, I pay back. And the other side of it is I get access to a lot of customers. I can help them, uh, you know, sell these. Uh, again, the storytelling part of it, people tell me about when I go, uh, when I go in front of, you know, some of the, you know, it's called I4. The main internet companies. I go and talk to them, and I sell, you know, a product to them, and I, I'm successful on that. So these guys, you know, make me. You know, I have a team of five people. We, we, you know, all US. We, so I have access to a lot of these technology and all that part of it. So I still, my day job is there. I do that and on the, you know, so in the day, in the night job, I do, you know, angel investment and I do help with other things from Sri Lanka and all that.
0: So in terms of like angel investing, I know it's like the natural thing when you've made quite a bit of money building startups, it's kind of the natural transition, but why did you decide to get into angel investment and like maybe talk about an investment you did that did maybe very well or that you were proud to invest in? Cause I know you invested in a number of companies and you share that as well.
1: Yeah. So I I try to share as much as information as I can uh, on that, uh, uh, you know, on the internet to encourage people to think about it. So I had one of the advisors in my first company. He was at AMD that time. uh, And he's, you know, Amos, he's from Israel. And he keep asking me, you know, you should come and join them. Because most of the angel investors, if you look at it, most of them are not founders or startup people they are the big corporate people who have made good money as a vp or ceo so they want to diversify and do some investment and and make that you know money the extra money um so i i, I only got into that about three or four years ago uh prior to that because i i looked at that i mean i don't know if you guys know but angel investment is not as fun i mean it is very high risk it's a long-term return it's like normal return is eight to 10 years out. If you get lucky. <laughs> if you get lucky. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So because of that, I am, you know, being coming from this, you know, from Sri Lanka, from my fa- losing my father, financial difficulties and all that. So I really didn't want to, you know, whatever money I made, I bang it. <laughs> I know, <I'm, laughs> I put it in a Goldman Sachs. And they manage my, you know, investments. So that way, I don't have to worry about it because I know I can. I'm still an able person. I can go make more money rather than try to, you know, uh, I don't want to make a quick bug. You know what I'm saying? Like if people try to say, "Oh, I invest and you can 10x return and all that." No, you don't. Okay.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, so I was very reluctant, but the reason I got into that was I felt as I, as I'm writing again about, uh, you know, accidental entrepreneur uh i see a lot of people make a lot of simple, small mistakes even those angel investors who invest on the uh, companies they try to be very short-sighted they don't uh, you know, uh, treat the you know, founders well they don't understand how to help them and all that but I, I my dna is that you know i can help that so that is where i came into uh, feel felt like let me go and see so so far i have invested about 40 companies uh, a small amount, you know, five, ten, fifty thousand, you know, in in that range, I put it together, and uh, because you see, if you have a return, it, it will return twenty times or thirty times, you know, but if you, most of them, it'll go away. <laughs> you uh, know, yeah, you're not going to go away. So if you look at it, um, so that, I mean, again, I I didn't, I wanted to spend my time and understanding what is going on in the industry. This is a way of understanding the future, yeah. The, how people are starting companies and all that. So that's why I got in. Uh, but again, if I'm trying to make money out of it, I don't think this is the right place.
0: I agree with you. Um, it's something that I was considering in the future, you know, when I get to a certain state, but the more I kind of read about it, it's angel investing is probably the the best reason to do it is if you have FOMO, if you feel like you're missing out on, opportunities. But as a founder, if you're building something, you can only build one thing at a time. But with angel investing, like you said, if you're putting money into something like, you know, I put money into Bitcoin or Ethereum, you're more incentivized to learn about that company or that industry. Right. So, yes. So you're right, though. Like, like you said, if you invest in 40 companies, $50,000 each, maybe three or four of those companies do well. And then you, you know, you make two or three times return, but you can easily make more money you know, putting money into, you know, Bitcoin or property or other things, right? So
1: Property, other, and, and even like I tell people, I mean, if you do that time average uh, investment on uh, mutual funds and, uh, you know, high growth, depending on your age, yeah. uh, I, I suggest people to look at it because to be index honest- Index funds, right? Index to, funds, right? Index yeah. funds, to be honest, I mean, I have my 401k, I've been working for 25 plus years now, my 401k is in multi-million dollars uh, uh, now because of i was disciplined i was average in every two weeks in my paycheck it goes you know six to eight percent there's a company match uh, and then you know you, you invest this money into when early stage in a aggressive you know growth funds you put it out there you let it go i'm telling you you know people had to realize that is the you know that should be us table and then you add, they take about 5% of your money and you can play with all these things.
0: Yeah, the, uh, somebody had a famous saying, I think um, uh, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. And a lot of people don't realize that. Um, so I agree with you there.
1: Yeah, so a co- couple of <laughs> investment. I mean, I have about 40 companies uh, in my list, but few of them are very interesting. The space industry is very interesting to me on that. So yes. I have you a know, few of them, like one company is... Uh, uh, which is building a 3D uh, printing of the whole spaceship. Oh, wow. So the end result you had to look at it is, say, we want to go to colony to moon or Mars or something. So rather than, you know, if you go there, how do you come back? So If you can take this factory out there and build, uh, you know, all the components there and all that. So they already got like multiple hundreds of million dollar contract from NASA and all that to do these things. So you know, you look at they have a core technology. Do they have the right people and do that? So there is another interesting company which I talk about. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago I shared in my LinkedIn was uh, Orbit Fab. So this company is building gas station in uh, space. What does that mean? <laughs> the gas station means is uh, if you look at it, uh, you know, there are so many satellites are being launched now. Yeah, if you look at it lately with the communication and all of that after that five-year lifetime or 10-year lifetime, they break down and they drop in the ocean or wherever it is and they disappear. Uh, the, one of the main reasons was their fuel cell. They still, they use various solar and all those power, but still need to be, uh, you know, the power uh, batteries and all that has to be live and all that. So what this one does is this is like a, ga- a floating gas station. So the when these uh, satellites are going to uh be uh, you know discharged and this one will go and connect to it and it will uh, you know give new charge and new life to it and they'll kick it back in the orbit so that is what this uh, you know so this is interesting technology that's, you know? that's very
0: interesting how, how would how would the, how would the charger power itself
1: so that is the technology they are working on. They have, they are defining, uh, you know, so they, these uh, payloads, which goes into this, uh, this uh, gas station, So that's the one they had to launch it continuously. And these cells will come and attach to it with a standard interface. And based on that, it will get charged and then it will go into the space. That's
0: super interesting. Yeah. See, yeah. like. Like you said, you might never make money from it, but at least you get to learn about something super interesting, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So then like, so these are spaced ones, many of them. Then I am looking at some biomedical one. Uh, like I have diabetic. So, you know, uh, one thing I want to tell people is it's all fun, not fun. I mean, three years ago or four years ago, I was nearly dead because I had a heart attack. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, after all this fun and all these parts because of, you know, I think the family thing, as well as the stress of some of the startups life, you know, I had it. And so, you know, the diabetic, so basically is a glucose level and how we'd managed and all that. So Mm. there is a company who's looking at using the saccharine to do some of these for diabetic, as well as heart attack, how we can uh, create different uh, cells and things. And today, I I think I shared one company called Volumetric in uh, LinkedIn, which one is 3D printing organs
0: yeah i think i saw. i've heard of that I've, yeah i've seen the companies do that or that's yeah. super fascinating
1: yeah so so if you look at it, that one and then i go into some of them like uh, there's a company called mythical games they do uh, you know uh, gaming uh for uh, like you know their platform for b- people to build their own games and then they can put their own characters and with nft and and a bitcoin coming in so they can people can share and sell each other and all that so that company is, you know, another one and just like that, you know, some education area like knowledge Hook, which is a Canadian. Travis, Travis's, yeah. yeah, Travis's Travis, startup. yeah. Uh, I, I, I know I believe in those guys actually, and I, I invested in something there. So it's, there are many companies, as I said, about 40 companies now. That's amazing.
0: Yeah. Shout <laughs> out to Travis. Uh, he's a very, very smart entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, no, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing all that about your angel investing. So we talked a lot about your work, but what do you like to do outside of work? What do you do for fun?
1: So uh, that's another part of my, you know, learning as an entrepreneur early stage was I was uh, I was a very good cricket player. Uh, so I was the captain of our, you know, a region team, and I was, you know, I played for by my school, hardly college, and uh, you know, when I came to US. Early stage, uh, I used to play cricket in, uh, you know, in, in various teams. So that is one of the early part. Once I started my company and my family came in and then my, uh, I had kids, so that the time, you know, I didn't have much time to do that. Yes. So the lately, uh, you know, there are two aspects. One of them is, as I said, I enjoy conversing with young people from, you know, all over the world. Australia, Sri Lanka, India uk canada and 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 us uh, of course and i uh, help them with ideas and you know people text me all the time through my whatsapp so i you know that's the best way to reach me and then i will give them hints and all that so the mentoring uh, i spent quite a bit of time uh, other fun stuff is uh, actually if you go to youtube and search for ruben kk or ruben i'm a ballroom dancer actually me and my oh, wife wow. <laughs> uh, my wife is a dancer she was a she was very good at dancing and all that uh, so she was so I gave her as a gift uh, about 10 or 11 years ago uh, for a one uh, lesson uh, for you know ballroom dancing uh, since then I got in more than her sometimes <laughs> <laughs> it, it's so fun uh, you know and you know once you're on the floor you don't realize I love performing uh, so we we have a lot of videos on uh, on that so uh, so that's one like just yes, before today, uh, we, I had a, a lesson uh, on, uh, you know, uh, cha cha and rumba. <laughs> so,
0: uh, I'm going to look that up. I'm going to, I want to, I got to see Ruben and not doing uh, these different dances. So, <laughs> um, so you know, oh, sorry, go ahead. You were going to say something. Yeah,
1: but I, but my, my, I tried to spend a lot of time with family and my, you know, kids. Okay, my son is now 13. He's the guy who's into the techie stuff and all that. My other daughter is, uh, second daughter is who's into cooking and uh, biology and all that. So I help. Uh, we I love cooking also, you know, and uh, we spend time. We we create different different uh, things. So uh, enough things to do. <laughs>
0: yes, food wise, after eating Tamil food, I don't think anything else is as flavorful. I mean, I do enjoy no. other kinds of food, but Tamil food is so flavorful. If you're used to all the spice and just the flavor, oh yeah, everything else doesn't taste as good. <laughs> no. Uh, Um, Money can be hard to come by, but here is a $100 opportunity for you. Join my free newsletter for free exclusive content and a free chance to win $100 when I hold special draws. Did I mention that it's free? In terms of, um, you know, um, one thing I was curious about, you talked about as you got, a you know, you, you have more life experience than me. So are there, you know, in terms of like outside of family, do you find it hard to maintain, other relationships like friendships and things like that as you you know um got busier with family and obviously work like how how have you been able to do that
1: yeah it is it is quite difficult uh, you know because i think you know we are busy with our work and we are busy with uh, uh, you know some of the investment and some of the uh, uh, you know being maintaining your health one side and the family side of it it is quite uh, difficult so for example i mean the whatsapp is one of the good way In uh, so for example Hardley college uh, you know we have a group of about 120 people uh, our classmates mm-hmm. all over the world from you know, australia to u.s in between. So we join there, we chat about different, different experiences and different things. So we connect that with that friendship, which you created before high school or during high school, it lasts forever. Mm. And the later part of it, I, you know, it evolves over time. You know, I played cricket and I got friends in Southern California. Once I moved to Bay Area, I had to, you know, establish new set of friends or family friends because of the, you know, wife. And kids, and as a family, you started building that network. And um, so it is very, you know, uh, to be honest, uh, lately I'm not keeping up with all my friends uh, on that way, but I still try to, you know, uh, check on them once in a while and uh, connect them. And you know because you can openly discuss, openly talk about different struggles, different things you go through. Mm-hmm. And you um, know the biggest thing is for men. I mean, the, in the mental part of it, you know, sometimes you accomplish things or you have gone through things, and you know you want to be have some you know a space where you can talk about it. So yeah. that's another area which I you know even though my heart attack was a, a wake up call for me. Uh, since then, I talk about uh, counseling going to you know somebody and talk about you know openly uh, outside that is very important so Mm -hmm. when people feel down people feel not good and checking up on them so the mental health uh, area is very important
0: very good um this is more of a fun question but like is there any item or experience or something that you've purchased in the last three to five years that you have no regrets about like it's something that Ordinarily, you wouldn't spend money on, but you're like you. Once you bought it, you like you had. You know, you don't regret it. Something yeah, that's I mean, like very expensive, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, the few the, the, the thing today is actually I am very. I, I don't like things much. <laughs> I don't yeah. spend much time and being you know seventh kid and going through a lot of tr- struggle. I'm very frugal and very careful spending money on me. Uh, so my wife loves uh, cars and all that, so as I'm, I'm, I enjoy it too. So we have two Teslas. Uh, you know, I bought one first one is 2013 Model S and a Model X about uh, three years ago. Uh, so that is a big, you know, spending. But one thing which we do is we travel around the world a lot. I mean, I've been to Argentina. That's where like, you know, there was my wife posted uh, in her Instagram uh, yesterday. Me dancing in a street with a, a tango with a lady there, <laughs> uh, you know, in you know street dancers. So I, you I, I know, we travel in Australia. I was in Botswana. I lived in a short time there. So I tra- We traveled there. So lately, because of the COVID, we are not able to travel. So what, where I spent some money, which is a pretty pretty good money, is I, I rented a, a like a penthouse in San Francisco, just in front of the Salesforce Tower at 36th floor and you can see the whole babe you know Bay bay bridge and uh, golden gate bridge and all that area so we rent uh, that uh, three-bedroom apartment for uh, about 15 months so you know we go there in the weekends uh, as a family and so that is you know i would not normally spend that money but i don't regret a bit of it because that gives us you know a mental health as well as you know Enjoyment, getting out of the house, you know.
0: That's awesome. I love that idea. Yeah. Um, In terms of like your personal legacy, um, how do you want to be remembered by your friends and family?
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, the 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 simplest thing is, you know, I I try to be humble. I try to not, you know, I mean, uh, and but honest. Uh, People sometimes tell me you are too honest uh, telling them, uh, you know, because people reach out to me for various things and I see, uh, you know, uh, going back to the entrepreneur journey, I wanted to make money, I wanted to do great things, but that wasn't the starting point, I had to work hard, I had to have a product, I had to do that. A lot of people jump into this and, and, you know, try to do because, you know, meetups and, uh, you know, networking and all that. But they forget to build their company. They forget to build that. Mm. So I'm, I try to be as honest and on one-on-one. I never will tell anybody else, but I will tell the guy, hey, you are wasting your time here or you are not doing the right thing. So I try to be a truth teller and a, and a practical guy uh, on that and the other one is you know we me and my wife try to do a lot of uh, uh, nonprofit work in sri lanka uh, but it's uh, earlier i did like in my elementary school we build a thing in a hospital we build something and all that as a donation uh, lately my wife had an idea we started a you know company called uh, a, a app called design Crasher, which is all developed in jaffna uh, by a, a team of uh, engineer 10 people and this is a very you know it's an interior design app uh, so C has that idea C has the company she is a CEO to me is building that ecosystem building you know, helping those so so you ask me what I want to be remembered for is those kind of you know if I had made impact on those 10 families if I had made you know there are other companies which I uh, advise and help them if you know they employ say 50 people, uh, if I had make in that impact, they don't have to know, they don't have to tell me about it, but I know in my heart of heart I have helped them. So that's how I want to be remembered uh, more than all these money and all this fanciness.
0: Yeah, that's exciting. It, it, like when I look at Sri Lanka, there's a few people that I've connected with, like Miller and like a few others uh, as well that are doing some great things there. I feel like um, there's a lot of effort being put into the north northeast to, Hopefully, and you know, if the war never happened, it probably would have already happened, but it could have been the Silicon Valley of Asia if yes. with the talent, you know, with the money that could have went into there. Uh, but obviously, the war obviously slowed down that progression, but now I'm seeing more and more progress there. And obviously, people yeah, like yourself,
1: yeah. Kind of the sense, I grow, sense, uh, I am an advisor to them. Actually, I'm formally, uh, you know, helping them out. So to bring their uh, capability to Silicon Valley. So they're mm. talking to you about five companies in Silicon Valley, they're already working with one company and they already uh, you know partner with that. So this is what exactly I'm talking about where for the people who were listening to in this one, if you have a product, if you have an idea, uh, if you have not idea, but if you have a product and if you are dedicated to your life and it, you feels you know you need to take to the next level of going to market, getting some customers, getting some genuine feedback, Please reach out to me because that is where i am enjoying it i'm not in into the time of somebody will to be entrepreneur and helping them formulate and all that that's a lot of work that yeah. they had to do themselves but if you have a product and if you have a market idea and all that and if you want to validate uh, please reach out to me I'm, I'm there to help you on that
0: i know people definitely people should definitely do that <laughs>
1: um and that's kind of a great way to kind of
0: segue into the, the last part of this discussion, which is a, a fun game that I like to call Crater Confessions. I didn't send you these questions. This is more meant to be a fun, a fun little kind of game. So it's going to be like some statements, like a quick questions I'll ask. It's meant to be a speed round. So uh, are you ready, Ruben
1: Yes, go for it. All right.
0: First question is favorite Tamil food.
1: Um, a uh,
0: Something that scares you.
1: Fear of death
0: favorite show you're watching
1: oh my gosh uh, uh, the, the, I am not a TV person or movie person so uh, okay. I'll, I'll read books <laughs> all three of them but, <laughs> but I, I have some books though but uh, but other than that uh, no I don't but I mean I had in big Bang theory as well as Seinfeld I mean Seinfeld when I came here so the, the, so the sitcoms a couple of sitcoms were the, um,
0: a place you're itching to travel to after the pandemic is over?
1: Uh, um, I mean, of course, Sri Lanka. Uh, I want to do that uh, to meet my mom, who is 91 years old. Uh, but uh, the area which we love to go is South America. Uh, we went to Argentina, so other areas, Peru and various areas. Uh, one of my,
0: I want, I, I guess it's part of South America. I want to go to Galapagos Islands. I love animals, so yeah. I love to go there um a fellow tamil creator that you want to give a shout out to
1: from a creator point of view any
0: creator yeah like
1: yeah. i mean i think for me uh you know i, I looked at all the music uh, area part of it you know rahman is of course you know he has done amazing things uh, to spread tamil and the capability part so that he was the one but you know to me if you look at all my writings is the <laughs> most prominent creator for me <laughs> so okay. I, I read through a lot and i i can try to connect that 3000 year old uh, you know uh, couplets to the real life of now so if you ask me the real creator is through uh, through all okay
0: um your favorite childhood memory
1: uh, the favorite favorite is you know in as I said in Sri Lanka, Jaffna, Point Petru, uh, Puloli, where I, I live there, uh, just you know the morning breeze at 10 o'clock. Uh, even though we feel so hot now, when we go back, that time that that is a perfect time. And going to that you know the temples or uh, you know associations and a- around that area, in that village and walking through the field, that that is nothing can you know uh, beat that.
0: I had a question for you, because uh, obviously you grew up in Sri Lanka. I, I was born there, but I came here when I was three. So I don't remember this, but I'm scared of snakes. And I know there's a lot of snakes in Sri Lanka. Were you, <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: wait. So were you never like afraid of like snakes in like the paddy fields and all?
1: No, I mean, no, in the house I was I was lying down in our bedroom. Yeah. I and, mean, it's, it's, uh, you know, because there is like a you have tiles underneath there. You have these wooden uh, frames. Yeah, the snakes will just walk and uh, you know, run through that, you know, and you were never scared? Um, no, we just sleep through. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> uh, I mean, in, the, in our backyard, we had the snake, uh, you know, whatever the pit or whatever it yeah. is. And that, is, uh, that area is, uh, you know, a uh, keep out area for kids. But the snakes come and go, you know.
0: Oh, <laughs> uh, I'm scared.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, what's a pet peeve of yours?
1: What's
0: that? A pet peeve, like something that people do that might annoy you.
1: My, my, everybody knows that because um, I have, I hate when people eat and with open mouth and make a noise, you know, <laughs> oh, I, I hear like people are like, I had a couple of my founders who are like so much noisy and they enjoy the food with, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, make mm-hmm. the noise and make the biting sound and all that. Uh, I can't, that is psychologically, my brain goes into a wild. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, if you knew that you were going to die tomorrow, a regret that you would have.
1: I mean, the fundamental thing is, you know, as I said, because I lost my dad when I was 12 and my son is 13 and, you know, to see them go through their life, uh, you know, at least a little bit later, for example, my family, my dad was a pretty decent, you know, successful person. But if he had seen now all you know seven of us uh doing very well uh, all around the world so that's what i, I you know i you know I, that's what i would be regret you know my family you know missing them them missing me mm. to be able to do that
0: yeah. um a celebrity whose life you want to experience for one day
1: <laughs> celebrity yeah i mean i i would say you know uh Steve Jobs uh, will be one of the guys uh, to me because I have worked with people who work with him, the first hand work with him and all that. And people always give a lot of negative thing about him, you know, being very brutal and all that. Uh, But for me, I have worked with a lot of, you know, the Silicon Valley, you work with the challenging people and all that. I, I thrive in that situation so i would have been loved to see how you know how i would have reacted or you know helped him you know get to this level you know mm,
0: that's a great answer and finally what's a, a public service announcement or like you know final thoughts that you want to leave our audience with today
1: yeah so the the, the important part of it is you know if you look at it uh, i'm you know the accidental entrepreneur series and uh, those part of it the reason i write that is in our Tamil community that's what I think we are targeting here uh, we have the talent, we have the brain power, we have the capability and we have the knowledge where we sometimes get stuck at is networking in a right way and looking at you know, uh, you, know uh, the, you know looking for some handout versus being you know genuine and, and getting that uh, uh, you know help from others but you prove yourself. So to me is you know for those people, uh, we need to go to the next level of these, you know all these organizations and all that. But to me, where people are, tend to be making a lot of mistakes are uh, is going into business degree immediately you know from un- and un- for undergrad and all that. But to me, I want people to have a core technology or core uh, some kind of talent which has to be first done. And then you go into this area. So what I mean by that is don't waste your, you know, time. Uh, because, see, guys, we like it or not, we are brown skin. <laughs> we are, we are in, a, in a different area in the world and all that. So what I ask is everybody to be, you know, you ha- bring in the value, what you can, you know, everybody, no one can reject you. On top of it, then build that next level of conversation you know communication and storytelling uh, you know those areas how you you know, do so i ask people to just you know focus on breath as well as some depth that way you will be able to always stand on your own and be successful
0: great message uh and that's kind of a great way to kind of end off today's podcast um so Ruben, I, you're, uh, you know, amazing, great storyteller. It was great kind of hearing about your journey, the companies you built, and kind of, you know, what you're, you're, you're up to now. So for anybody kind of listening today that wants to reach out and connect with you, they've been inspired by your story. They want to just pick your brain. Uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you?
1: Yeah, first connect me through LinkedIn, and uh, that way, you know, once we pass few of the LinkedIn exchanges through, uh, you know, some of the connection. And then I request, you know, I know I write a lot. I wrote 45 articles already and I am continue to write a lot more and I'm putting some videos out there. Listen to those. I mean, you don't have to listen to all, uh, read all of them, at least some of them. So, you know, get that basic information and then reach out to me through LinkedIn. uh, And, uh, you know, again, WhatsApp is uh, eventually what I do is once I pass that I can be helpful, I'll pass you guys the information on WhatsApp or email. And then uh, we can go from there.
0: Perfect. Um, and I promise, guys, I'll try to find the videos of Rubanana doing his tango or whatever dances he's doing. <laughs> but uh, thank you, you Rubanana, for kind of hopping on the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, if you have any feedback, feel free to reach out. See you on the next episode.
1: Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much.